Hi, I'm Brooke. Hi, friends. I'm Suzanne. And we are the founders of SeekPurposeNow.com. Seek Purpose is a community platform where we can come together and share and grow through our stories, struggles, and victories. It's February, everybody. The season of love? The um, month of love? What was I just saying? <laughs> love? I don't know. Love this She's a singer. <laughs> totally. Actually, this, these two, mm-hmm. I mean, he needs to be cloning himself. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I mean, Selena, you're awesome. I mean, Selena's amazing too. But just finding a, what do we call him? A normie. Yeah. Yeah. Normie boyfriend. A muggle. Yeah, a muggle. Yeah, a muggle. Yeah, what the heck is a muggle? And anyways, you guys are going to really enjoy these two. Hey, I'm Brooke. Hi, friends. I'm Suzanne. And this is Seek Purpose. And we have some incredible guests for you today. Selena and Devin. Hello. Hi. <laughs> uh, we'll let them introduce themselves in a bit, but they've just had a really cool adventure. So we had to snag them mm-hmm. and bring them down here to tell us all about it. Um, why don't we start with you, Selena? Why don't you tell our listeners who you are, a little bit about yourself? My name is Selena. I am 27. I am a home automation integration senior tech. I wow. just traveled the world <laughs> with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm in recovery. Awesome. Four years sober. Right on. Ooh. That's huge. <laughs> Very good. All right, Devin, you're up. I'm 33 from North Van, live in Burnaby. I'm Selena's partner. Just came back from an incredible trip. I'm not in recovery. Mm. <laughs> Weird. We, we, call, <laughs> we call you Normie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> you could be Muggles. <laughs> A Muggle. <laughs> before we were just talking Muggle? about harry potter too Mug- oh it's no, from I, harry potter okay, well, okay. i'm sorry listeners i am not anything to do with harry potter i, yeah, I think he has glasses right <laughs> okay i'm aging myself now anyways moving on <laughs> well actually obviously with uh having the two of you here um together couples uh and what seek purpose is all about is getting through our life experiences and our battles and our brokenness and how we can find purpose we can find purpose in our lives we can in our relationships um in our careers so and even just sharing your stories yeah mm-hmm. so we're really excited for you guys to share a little bit of background of where you were before you met selena where you were before you met Devin, and how that all kind of transpired of you guys merging as one yeah, we met out of nowhere. It was completely unplanned. I was five weeks away from leaving for a year with no plans on getting into a relationship or meeting anybody. It was the last thing on my mind. <laughs> and went out to a friend's birthday party where Selena was, and that's where we met. Um, God, before I met Selena, I hadn't been in a relationship for years Honestly, years. And I was okay with that. You know, I was on, I was in Canada kind of on and off for the last eight years before that. Traveling and just doing what I love. And I had planned this year trip to be my final trip. And all of a sudden, in comes Selena. Uh, But yeah, we met at a birthday party and I was just planning on leaving. And 
after meeting Selena, I just kind of stuck around for a little bit. I was scared about telling her that I was leaving so soon. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know, instead of leaving in three weeks, maybe I can leave in eight weeks. After and then that, birthday. yeah, I was like, I'll hang out for your birthday. And then, you know, that turned into a little bit longer. And then I left for Turkey, came back three weeks later from my year trip. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just, I was so in love and I couldn't, we were spending every day together, honestly, before I left. And it was, it was really tough being away from her. Mm. And I came back and I was like, listen, you know, we got to do this trip together. Yeah. We have to, you know, you'll never, ever regret it. And we just put our mind to it, you know, and just, she, you gave up so much to come with me. Um, and we set the trip to later that year and we left in December. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I thought I heard, you know, my son was here with his girlfriend. I just loved their love story. And I thought, oh, their love story is so amazing. Okay, sorry, Megan. <laughs> you, guys listen, you guys listen to season one of that relationship. This kind of tops at. You flew across the country for her. Oh, yeah. they only make this stuff up in movies. It's I know, real I was going right? to say, it sounds like a movie. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Girl. Oh, <laughs> I know about your, uh, your background, but tell our listeners kind of where your head was at like a few years ago. You weren't even really supposed to be in Canada when you guys met you Mm -hmm. had other plans and Mm -hmm. well I a year before I met Devin I um I applied for the army because I was just I was going through some some hardship of my life and I just didn't want to be around anymore I wanted to change things and I wanted to set things for my future more than I I wanted to live in my present and I applied. I did everything. And I, you know, um, all the way up until where they were supposed to either accept me or, or reject me. And I got the rejection letter six months after I applied. And uh, it was a relief, honestly. By the time I got there, I was like, I don't want to go. <laughs> because I, I mean, I wanted to work on army tanks or do something mechanical like I, I like working with my hands but I also I didn't know what I wanted ultimately and I was grateful to get the rejection letter and I just kind of was like okay I'm gonna settle here and I had a great job you know I started to love my life from when I sent in my application to when I got the rejection letter my life had totally turned around I'm like you know what? I actually quite like it here you know I have a great job and great friends and you know, this fancy car that I'm leasing and, you know, and it was funny, just maybe three weeks or two weeks before I met Devin, I, you know, deleted the dating apps and I, I was just like, whatever, I'm done. I don't, I'm not even looking for a guy anymore. I want to focus on what I'm going to do because I just, I thought my life was going to go one way and I decided to turn it another way. And I was going to get everything together and, and just get a place and and really settle down just you know calm down and and not even worry about a relationship and it was funny I wasn't even supposed to be at the party that night that I met Devin um because it was at a bar and I'm like I'm so done with bars I don't want to hang out in bars anymore and I'm a lot of my friends are normies so (laughs) (laughs) um I so I sat in the car listening to podcasts actually and and speakers and stuff and I'm just preparing myself for a night of all my friends drinking and I was fine with it because it was roosters and I just got into country music and I was fine and uh 
there was Devin and we were inseparable from the moment we met. It was truly amazing. Like the, the, we, we were like, we were old friends, mm. immediately comfortable. And, um, yeah, like, like I said, or like he said, sorry, <laughs> like he said, uh, he was gonna, he, he was trying to hold back on telling me when he was going to leave. And when he told me, I was like, oh, I was like, you know what? It's okay. I wasn't looking for anyone. I'll wait for you. Like, you're, I can tell you're worth waiting for. And, uh, you know. Like, you were going to wait a year. Yeah. For wow. me. <laughs> I was like, are you sure? You know, <laughs> you could just come. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the funniest thing is that he asked me to come. And I'm like, you know, I don't think, I don't think I can. I can't do that. I can't just up and leave. And, and he says, uh, well, why not? And that was like the most reality check question that I could get because I thought to myself, why not? I mean, sure, I have a phone contract and a leased car and a great job and I didn't really have anywhere to go. I mean, uh, I was just staying with my friend Jennifer and she, her daughter was going to move back in. So I didn't really have a place to go. So I'm like, well... It's kind of perfect timing, to be, <laughs> to be honest. And I just thought, well, what am I going to do? So he said, well, you know, I can lend you some money, but you got to quit smoking because I was a smoker at the time. So I quit smoking. I, you have to get rid of that car. I had to get rid of my car. <laughs> her lover. She loved that thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big step for you. Like that's it was. Devin, she must love you because I yeah. <laughs> remember how excited she was to get that car. Yeah. I could not believe she gave it up for you. Uh, <laughs> I <know>. Yeah. <laughs> I had to hand in the car. I picked up a weekend job and I did what I could to to make the money. Yeah, I still didn't. I owe him a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but we made it happen, you know. We made it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was simpler than she thought. It's simpler than we all think, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a, a thing that's really common with us is we think like, oh, I can't do that. I can't leave. And when you really sit there and be like, well, why not? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's actually stopping me. And it's there's like these invisible barriers that we put up around us. I find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 A lot of people just find excuses to not do it. You know, maybe they think they want to do it, but deep down, you know, it's just a big, scary thing that you don't know how amazing it is until you can just jump into it. Mm. Yeah. I have a, I have a question because there's uh, listeners on both ends as normies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, don't mean to offend the normies. <laughs> um, and, and uh, us and who are in recovery and getting into a relationship obviously, and recovery is always the, the big flags are everywhere. <laughs> but um, the question actually I have is, how did you go about sharing that information with him? Maybe the, like what was going on and how did that come up with the two of you to be able to explain to him like, hi, and also <laughs> just let me tell you a little bit about my past. <laughs> I, I think I knew right away. She, we, mm-hmm. like, we met at a bar and she wasn't drinking. <laughs> Well, she could be ignore me. Like, what's with the soda, lady? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I told him right away. I mean, we, we, like I said, we were immediately connected the moment we met. We, I. uh, So what happened? He was playing pool with the guys, and I was, you know, hanging out with the girls, and and uh, I just wanted to get back down to the pool table, just you know, go take a peek at Devin. I'm like, like. 
I'm just going to go sit down there for a while. And my best friend was like, uh, Selena, why? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm like, don't, don't worry about me. And one of her friends had asked me to go hold the booth. Right. And I'm like, oh, what a perfect opportunity. Devin's right there. And I'm like, how about you come and, you know, hold this booth for us? Because, you know, they still want to play pool and we need more places to sit. And nobody sat at the booth with us because we did not look at anyone. We were constantly staring at each other and just talking so in depth. And it was immediately like, like I said, it was immediately comfortable. And I was able to share with him and he was able to share with me our personal information basically (laughs) i didn't think it was an issue at all Mm -hmm. it's just she didn't drink so she didn't drink you know Mm -hmm. i know people that don't drink and it's no big deal Mm -hmm. um i wanted to know more about it that's for sure i think i went to her meeting just a few days after meeting her Mm. and so I, i didn't know anything about it um but i had no issue with it whatsoever and it hasn't been an issue ever yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't drink much either, so it's we're a good pair. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any experience in your life dealing with anyone that uh, had substance abuse issues or was in recovery? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I've had friends that have had issues that are still dealing with issues. Mm-hmm. I have a sister that might drink too much. I don't know. <laughs> My mom definitely thinks so, but. <laughs> I get... <laughs> Are we just calling some people out right now? <laughs> going to be listening to this. <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've never, definitely never had experience with the program mm-hmm. or recovery houses or anything like that. You know, just, so that's had... why I want to know more, you know. Mm-hmm. So you didn't, uh, you, uh, did you grow up in an alcoholic home or did you have an uncle or did you see any effects in your childhood or growing up? From people around you that had maybe issues? No. No? No. Wow. Yeah. A real, this is a real McCoy. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like, we're all like, wow. Unicorn alert. <laughs> I know. I, and I thought that was normal. Yeah. Well, it probably is in the outside yeah, world. Well, he, yeah. he grew up in, in, in a home in North Van, like a house. And I'm like, wow, that's like really great. And, you know, whenever I talk about my... Uh, sorry, side note. Have you watched This Is Us? Yes. yes. Okay, so you know, um, who was it? Is it Randall? Is it, no. Who Who is it that, I, that I'm trying to think? Oh, okay, no, 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 sorry. It's it's the, the mom and the dad. Yeah. So whenever she's all like, oh, have, haven't you ever done this? And, you know, with your dad, he's like, no. Like, mm. my, my dad's an alcoholic. And, 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 like, it's always super depressing. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I grew up in Native housings. Or I was in foster care all the time. And he's always like, oh, you know, like, I used to play down these great streets. So I'm, like, always the downer. Because <laughs> it's like my life is just like... Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know what it's like to sleep on a park bench, right? I'm like, what? <laughs> I never asked that question to be fair. <laughs> no, I have. <laughs> but, yeah, completely different lives growing up. Mm-hmm. And yeah does that do you notice any of that playing into your relationship at all like because you come from such different places do you have trouble communicating that or do you ever feel like you don't understand what she's going through or that he's not oh yeah I think it's hard for me to understand hardships that Selena goes through Mm -hmm. especially last year with what you went through it was hard for me to even contemplate you know I I don't know anything I've never lost anyone close to me Mm -hmm. or had any traumatizing experiences you know Mm -hmm. my life's been really happy 
So until you met still me. Oh, <laughs> no, that's not true. But I, I guess it does affect me a little bit, you know, trying to understand what she's going through because I'll never ever know, you know, because your life's been so tough and mine's been so easy, mm-hmm. and I probably take it for granted a little bit, you know. It's easier for me to just say, oh, you know, toughen up and move forward because I've never had anything <laughs> tough happen, you know, mm-hmm. you know, but so yeah. well, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Is it hard for you? Oh, hearing about my, no, <laughs> no, I'm my I'm, easy upbringing. <laughs> you know what? I'm incredibly happy. His mother is like the most amazing mom ever. Like I've never met a mom like her mm-hmm. and I am so happy that, that I can see so much of her in him that I'm like, oh my God, I can have the best like father of my kids and you know it's it's amazing I can learn a lot from you from from a different perspective and it I mean it is hard when you don't understand me those those are like the small Mm -hmm. things you know do you think that comes um I guess the next question would be about your recovery and how that plays into um your relationship as you know being a person maybe doesn't understand Selena's hardships uh, do you ever get jealous that she has other places that she can go that can, you know, like understand her maybe more? I mean, I've heard that before from people that yeah. are like, you, you love somebody so much and you just want to be able to be that person. And sometimes that person, when we're in recovery and the other isn't, oh, um, can't be that support. No, right? I think it's the opposite, actually. I love yeah. that she has people that she can go to that can help her when I can't. Mm-hmm. And it's a relief for me. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, you know, because I think sometimes that's just what you need, mm-hmm. you know, is to be with people that are like you mm-hmm. to understand what you've been through. And sometimes uh, I think, yes, go to that meeting, go hang out with your friend, go have that talk, because I don't have that life experience mm-hmm. to help the way you guys can. I'm also married to a normie and it can be challenging at times, but he... Because he doesn't, I'm out of the house a lot and we have kids now, so, <laughs> so like, I can feel the resentment a little bit. Like, he's like, when do I get to see my friends? I'm like, I'm not seeing friends, I'm doing recovery. <laughs> doesn't count. <laughs> it so counts, though. It's like a, like the, our community is just, just such a big family and mm-hmm. it is, I feel like I'm seeing friends. I feel like I'm I'm getting that time when I'm doing that because that's part of it it's being in community right that's the opposite of addiction is connection and Mm -hmm. that's what we get so Devin you talked about Selena's loss last year um Selena do you want to talk about that and and what that Mm -hmm. was like and what happened Mm -hmm. um okay um well I'm I'm the sister of two younger brothers and they've had it pretty rough growing up uh we we were raised in East Vancouver and my oldest brother had a family life, like he had it t- together from what, from my, my standing point of where I was at the point, at the moment. And everything fell apart for him. You know, he lost his family. He was, he was um, an alcoholic and, and he was angry and he, he lost his way when, when our mom died. And the moment he lost his family, he he went down the wrong road. He started to hang out in downtown east side and then he started to just live down there. He was in one of the housings on East Hastings and 
his girlfriend wasn't allowed there because she was like, you know, trying to kill him and once in a while get in fights and it was very unhealthy, but he was unhealthily attached to her as well. So he would sleep in the tent in Oppenheimer Park because she wasn't allowed in his room anymore. So he said he didn't like sleeping alone and he would sleep in the tent and I would go visit him often. And the last time I seen him was on his birthday. I went to go pick him up on his birthday. And he was already really drunk. He was all beaten up. Uh, he he created a lot of enemies for himself. I mean, in the, past, the last year of his life, he's been stabbed twice, pushed in front of a truck, and, and you know, uh, beaten up numerous amounts of times. And he always had a smile on him, though. But I wanted to take him out for dinner, and he just wanted to go to McDonald's. I'm like, okay, we'll just go to McDonald's, right? <laughs> and we go to McDonald's, and the funniest thing is there's this guy who was also, you know, drunk or out of it, and he he was like a dollar short or something. And Mike's digging through his pockets, and, and he's like, oh, you know, like... And the guy already runs out. He's like, oh, I don't have enough. I'm sorry. And he runs. And Mike's like, oh, I would have paid for him. I'm like, you're so sweet. <laughs> and... um I, he was, he was just so out of it though. Um, in the middle of eating his burger, he started bleeding out from his nose and stuff and, and it made a whole mess. And then he went into the bathroom, which was already flooding. I told him, don't flush the toilet. He flushed the toilet. So it flooded more. And I was like, Hey, let's just go before we like piss these people off. We go and we, we have ourselves a cry and, uh, we, we always cried when we talked with each other. And I dropped him off, and and I was crying so hard that I actually called Devin ahead of time and asked him to meet me outside, because I didn't want his mom to see me like that. And I just didn't want to, I didn't want to have to tell people what I was going through, mm-hmm. you know. So I just asked Devin to meet me outside, and I just cried. And uh, uh, on September third, we were sitting down, I just about to watch a movie, and I got a message from an old friend. Uh, an elementary school friend actually and her and I don't talk at all and she's like oh I saw the post I hope that wasn't about your Mike your brother Mike and if it was you know my condolences I was like what are you talking about and then I got another text message and then another Facebook message and then phone calls start coming in and uh, and people are saying like oh this this could be like I think it's Mike you know I think he overdosed in the park and uh, I got another message saying like oh you know so-and-so is down at Oppenheimer and said that he's like he's still there so I asked Devin if he can drive me down and I'll never forget it it was the most beautiful sunset and I was like so like broken I couldn't take a picture and I really regret it to this day I really wish I got a picture of that sunset because it was the most beautiful sunset ever and we got to Oppenheimer and um sure enough there was cops with the the police tape up and the coroners had not come yet and I I, I kind of regret going down there, but at the same time, I'm happy because I was able to say goodbye, but it's traumatizing to have to physically cry over your, your brother's dead body. And it was, it was hard. It was really, it was really hard. And it was all shared on social media before, before anyone, like, I, I had like 20 phone calls. I gave Devin my phone. And mm-hmm. I had like 20 phone calls by the time the coroner's finally, I didn't want to watch him be begged. So I just turned around and I had to call his dad. Well, we have different dads, same mom. 
Mm. And I had to make the phone call to his dad. And uh, everyone already knew because of Facebook. Mm. Mm. That's so hard. Yeah. Uh, it's just so grateful that you had Devin to go through that with, like someone who can really support you. and Incredibly grateful. Yeah. Mm. I don't think I could have done it without him. Yeah, it wasn't just me. I mean, I was happy to help, but she had a great network of friends and mm-hmm. family to help her through that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I put on mascara. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that. I know it's not easy to talk about, but I think it's so important because it's a sad reality now that happens... I think I read like seven times a day in downtown East Side in Vancouver that people are passing away or overdosing, and it's um, it's heartbreaking and it's good to hear from family members that that love these people because they can seem like just a number, right, and just another addict or whatever. But there's a family behind them, there's children behind them, yeah. and I think it's really important that we talk about it. And I'm really grateful that you were willing to do that. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Thank you so much. I mean, I, I, all of us have kind of known some people that we have lost, but it's so, I, I, that's my biggest fear is having something like that occur. And I just thank you for sharing that with our listeners. Yeah. It's really important. Okay. Let's get into the trip. Let's get into something a little more joyful. (laughs) Thank Um, you. Because certainly if you, if you saw, saw your brother in sunsets, I'm sure he followed you all over the world. Uh, Mm -hmm. So tell us. Um, some highlights about your trip. Um, Good question. Mm-hmm. I'm so, uh, everyone always asks me, what's your favorite place? <clears throat> yeah. And I don't think there is one, but there's definitely highlights. Um, we had an incredible time in South Africa. We rented a car for 50 days. We bought a tent and camping gear. And we spent the next like month outside uh sleeping under the stars and then we cruise uh past coastlines and then we do a safari in our rental car and it's it's crazy you know Having you're yeah off away from elephants and lions yeah <laughs> seeing these animals you never thought you'd see it's just really incredible and it's just such a rush to be chasing these things down and you're in the park at 6 a.m. and you see a bush move and you're like, what is that? You know, and it, mm. there's a lion in there. It was just wonderful. And we we went bungee jumping in South Africa. Um, it was just a beautiful place and it was just so traveler friendly. Everything was in English and everyone was really nice. Despite the bad press that it gets, it was a great place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Egypt was wonderful. Mm. You know, it's like the cradle of civilization. You know, I've never seen anything like the pyramids or the temples of Luxor, you know, we're cruising down the Nile past these incredible temples at sunset. So no slot machines. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I hear it's Luxor and I'm like, oh, ding, 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 ding. That was in South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had some fun in South Africa. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Italy was a highlight because we got to meet my sister there. Uh, which came out of nowhere a few months before she asked if we'd be in the, na- uh, in the neighborhood, in, in, the neighborhood <laughs> in the region. And I still told her we'd be in Greece. And she said that if we can make it to Italy, she can get us into an Italian wedding. And how do you say no to that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would have gone just to see my sister, but the Italian wedding 
it wasn't just a wedding. It was this whole week experience of boat trips to these isolated islands and horseback riding. Uh, horseback riding. Yeah. And just like the wedding was absolutely incredible. We didn't even know these people. And they just <laughs> took us in like family and were mm-hmm. eating uh, this incredible meat and cheese platters. And eight God, we're eating meals. like eight meals a day. And <laughs> we had this beautiful Airbnb, this cabin right on the lake on the countryside of Italy that was just quiet at night with all these stars and it was just beautiful this big log cabin and we had a dog named beefy and <laughs> <laughs> um it was just wonderful and we got to travel by train and we got to meet some old friends in northern italy that we actually met seven months before in bolivia uh it just can't came out of nowhere we got to stay with them and they made us dinner and showed us around we got to go to venice and those are a few highlights. I mean, the whole trip was incredible. I hope this gives you hope mm-hmm. for love, uh, especially my friends in recovery that I know that are dating and it can seem really overwhelming and hopeless yeah. um, to find somebody. But Selena is a perfect example. She like works a really hard program. She does. Her sobriety has just been on the top of her list. She stopped looking for a man. And then who walks in the door? Mr. Prince Charming. <laughs> yeah, there is hope in, in recovery. And uh, and actually, I'm, I'm hearing Devin getting probably all upset with me for saying about him because he'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's her that's amazing. And I can't wait for you guys to listen part two because part one was just fabulous. Yeah.